last night they gave it to me all ready to go, so I, I just assumed, and I guess you shouldn't assume. Well, it's, it's good to see the Dices here tonight, get to hear the message Brother Dice preached, and um, they go to a camp somewhere upstate where a lady from our church goes, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Marge Bloomer, and I sent greetings by her, and you sent them back, right? Yeah. And where is that? Okay, I knew it was way up there someplace. It must be good because she drives a long ways to get there. And she's uh, at least as old as I am, and maybe older, and has uh, some problem with her legs. And I'll tell you, that's a faithful lady. We call her Miss Marge. And uh, she's uh, caring for the two ladies that we're, uh, we have in our home. And she's taking care of them while we're away and making sure they do right. She's probably feeding them more than we feed them. We're trying to keep them slim and all, but they, we had to work on them a little bit. But they came, as I mentioned, to uh, the head needs, and we're trying to fulfill those needs the best we can. You can only do so much. You have to uh, take the instruction to do something with it. Amen. We'll turn to the book of Numbers tonight and uh, get back for more punishment this evening. And uh, we'll be with you through the weekend, Lord willing. If he doesn't come back, and then we'll be gone. I hope you all are with us. If he comes, amen. Can you hear me all right? Yes. I'll get I'll, I'll get going here in a little bit. Uh, okay, this is mine. I could have used this last night. I want to read a few verses here in this chapter. And I will um, preface this by saying that the main points of this is not mine. I got it from another marshal. And uh, wasn't a relative of mine, but um, I see something I like. If somebody preaches, sometimes I've done this a few times. Most of my outlines are ones I feel like the Lord has given me, but He does that to other people too sometimes. But I take them, rework them. I I don't uh, have the same content uh, by any means and uh, different ideas. But I just like what the man preached. And uh, so uh, I want to preach tonight on what they knew, what they knew. And uh, beginning in verse uh, 1 of chapter 2 of Numbers, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, Every man of the children of Israel shall pitch by, their own, by his own standard with the ensign of their father's house. Far off about the tabernacle of the congregation shall they pitch. And on each side toward the rising of the sun shall they of the standard of the camp of Judah pitch throughout all their armies. Uh, Nathan, the son of Amenadab, shall be captain of the children of Judah and his hosts. And those that were numbered of them were threescore, 14,600. Then you move down to verse 10. and said, On the south side shall be the standard of the camp of Reuben. According to their armies, the captain of the children of Reuben shall be Eliezer, the son of Shedur, and his host. And those that were numbered thereof were forty and six thousand five hundred. And... Uh, 
there, these were uh, tribes of Israel that broken up into groups of three, so there's four of them. Uh, but in the center of the group, there is uh, the tabernacle, verse 17, of the congregation shall set forward with the camp of the Levites in the midst of the camp. And as they encamp, so shall they set forward every man in his place by their standards. And then it says, on the west side shall be the standard of the camp of Ephraim, according to their armies. And the captain of the, of the son of Ephraim, the sons of Ephraim, shall be Elishama, the son of Aminahud, or Amihud, or something like that. Uh, and uh, you try this sometime, okay? <laughs> I didn't get to listen to Alexander Scorby, but he pronounces some words completely different from what I heard other people pronounce, so uh, who's right? Amen. Uh, and he goes on to give the number there and the people, and then uh, verse 25, the standard of the camp at Dan shall be on the north side by their armies, and the captain of the children of Dan shall be Ahiazur, the son of uh, Mishra Shaddai, Amisha, okay, and his host and those that were numbered of them were three score and 2,700. And then there was uh, Asher with him and um, Napala in verse 29. And then uh, down in verse 32, it says, These are those which were numbered of the children of Israel by the house of their fathers, all those that were numbered of the camps throughout their hosts were 600,000, 3,000, and 550, but the Levites were not numbered among the children of Israel as the Lord commanded Moses. And the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses. So they pitched by their standard, and so they set forward everyone after their families according to the house of their fathers. And notice all uh, these groups had standards. Uh, I suppose something like a flag or a banner or something they, they marched under. And uh, there's some points I'd like to make about that tonight, and it kind of dovetails in with what Brother Dice has brought this evening. And I hope it speaks to our hearts. Let's pray. Father, we ask your blessing on your word tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the message that we just heard, and thankful, Lord, for the church. Thank you for this church and the churches that have been established here, uh, Lord, that are preaching the truth in this city and the surrounding area. And we're thankful those young men that are ready to go to work here. Others are starting churches. We pray your blessing on them, Lord, and in all your churches here in this area, Lord. We pray that uh, there would be a great moving of your spirit amongst them. And, Lord, we ask your blessing on your word tonight as we speak. We pray it for liberty and your power. We ask it in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. What they knew. Well, number one, these uh, groups that marched under their standards, uh, they knew who they were. They knew uh, who they were. They knew where they belonged. Uh, John Rawlings, uh, pastor of uh, Landmark Baptist Church in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, years ago, was traveling down I-75, which goes down through Cincinnati. Um, I've always said about I-75 through Cincinnati is they can't wait to uh, repair the road so they can close it and start over again. So it seems like there's always construction going on on that road. But uh, he picked up a hitchhiker while he was traveling down I-75 there through Cincinnati. And uh, Brother Rawlings asked him where he was going, and the young man said, I'm trying to find myself. And Brother Rawlings said, well, you're sitting right here beside me. 
I don't remember ever trying to find myself. Even when I was lost, I wasn't trying to find myself. But there's some people that are trying to find out who they are. Uh, I wonder tonight if we know who we are. I think about a book. It's entitled, Who Am I? It's by Mary B. Carpenter, and she's a, a distant cousin of mine. And she said, I heard uh, or read what she said, uh, that she did. She visited every uh, courthouse in West Virginia to find out who she was. She wrote a book about her, her ancestors, and, and we're mentioned in it. Uh, in fact, uh, your pastor's wife here is mentioned in that book. Doesn't say much about it, just says who she is. Uh, but uh, I thought, and, and this book, by the way, at one time on Amazon was selling for $100. And I said, I'll wait till the price comes down. And so I finally got it for a few dollars and uh, tried to read it. But um, at least uh, the sections that had to do with my family, I mean, my, my father and, uh, and his children. But isn't it amazing how people, my younger brother is sort of like that. He, the other day he said to me, uh, you want to go with me to Calhoun County? That's where we were born. And I said, sure, Alan, I'll go with you. Uh, but he likes to go back, and he's gone to Virginia and look, check into the heritage of the Marshall family and so on. I, I'm, I'm afraid to look back too far. Uh, I might run into some trouble there. But uh, I don't know. In me, there's always been a, a desire to look forward. I get excited more about the future than I do about the past. Amen. Some of my past is not too good. And I thank God for His grace. Amen. Uh, I'm not worthy of the least of all of His mercy. Certainly not the mercy of being delivered from hell. But I want to tell you what the Word of God says. That I know in Christ Jesus that I am. I am, uh, first of all, God's child in John chapter 1 verse 12. But as many as received Him, to them gave He the power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name. And I remember after I got saved, and I knew I got saved, and I knew that the Holy Spirit lived in me. I had that assurance down deep inside, and I had peace about my uh, destiny and eternity. I, I was satisfied with it. But, you know, the devil will come along, even a person that knows they're saved, and try to put some doubts in their mind. And I remember when I was in the military in uh, Japan, in Hokkaido, Japan, I remember... Uh, I remember some doubts came to me, and God gave me this verse. And that the very end of that verse, even to them that believe on his name. And I said, I believe on his name. And you have to take the devil to the word of God when he hits you with something like that. Secondly, I'm, I'm forgiven, in Ephesians 1, 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. And also in Colossians 1, 14 in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. I, I am forgiven of my past sins, my present sins, and my future sins. Otherwise, I would not be able to go to heaven. But they've been taken care of. I have relatives who were brought up in the Methodist church, and some of them got into charismatic churches, and they believe that you have to hang on. Well, somebody said there were no pegs on the outside of the ark. Uh, we went in, 
and closed the door, amen? God closed the door, and we're safe. I'm glad that I'm forgiven. And then uh, I'm a saint. Brother Rolf used to say, you're either a saint or you ain't. And uh, I'm a saint. Ephesians 1.18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to them that believe and so on. But I want you to see that. He said, we have an inheritance in the saints. I'm a saint. And that's how God sees me. I'm justified. And if you've trusted Jesus Christ, that how, that's exactly how he sees you. Amen? I'm beginning to feel like uh, Larry Clayton. I, I could never be him, but, you know, he, he has that kind of an expression like that. Or sometimes he, it's like this. Here he scratches his head. But uh, he, he's the blessing. Amen? Uh, fourthly, I belong to God. And this was mentioned uh, that we're bought with a price. And therefore, we're to glorify God in our body and in the spirit, which are God's. 1 Corinthians 6.20, we belong to God. I'm his real estate. And when I get in trouble, I can say, Lord, protect your property. Amen. He has a 24-hour surveillance over it. And back in our area, there's same things going on. It's going on here in the city. People stealing stuff. In fact, they're doing it in Papua, Papua New Guinea. Uh, Papua New Guinea. Uh, Papua New Guinea. Uh, uh, Brad, our son-in-law, sent a picture. He said, uh, uh, well, some of you were watching the debate. Uh, my uh, mirrors on my van or well, my vehicle were being stolen. <laughs> and uh, people rip people off over there. Said, well, they do here. But nobody's going to be able to get through uh, the power that God has placed in your life of salvation. What was it that black preacher said? That first of all, they have to get through the Father, and then you have to go through Jesus Christ. And then you have to get to me. And by that time, he said, I can whip myself. That's not needful. Amen. Ephesians 1 9 says that I have a purpose, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. He has a purpose for your life. You're valuable to him, you're worth something. And you need to realize that. And God cares about you. Sometimes. We get to a place where we feel like that uh, we're not worth anything and nobody really cares. But I want to tell you something. You're worth something in the eyes of God. He cares about you. And he's not going to neglect you. And you have a purpose in life. Something else in Philippians 3.20 he says, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. What is that word conversation? conversation? It means manner of life. And so our, our life really is in heaven. Uh, well, listen, I, I've been seated with Christ in the heavenlies, according to Ephesians 2.6. He's raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So when I came across that verse the first time and realized what he was saying, I mean, I got happy about it. According to the Lord, he sees me up in heaven. That's where I am. I'm already there. This body's down here. But, but I've been seated with him in the heavenlies. 
Just like these people knew who they were, we know who we are if we're saved. And we're not crazy. Amen. Somebody said the other day, my wife and I are strange or weird or something like that. And the one, the person they were talking to said uh, something along this line. Yes, uh, they're different because they walk with the Lord. What a reproach, I mean a rebuke. And then, uh, I'm victorious. I know who I am. I'm victorious in Christ. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is a victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. We, we really have the victory over the world. We do. You just need to live it. Amen. <laughs> just apply it. In Judges, Judges, chapter 8, verse 18, it says this, Then said he unto Zeba and Zalmunna, that there was two kings of Midian that Gideon was after. He caught up with them. And he said, What manner of men were they whom you slew at Tabor? And he said they were his brethren. And here's what these two kings said. They answered, As thou art, so were they. Each one resembled the children of a king. And we are children of a king. He's not reigning yet, but he will one day. And somebody said he's not king yet, but he's my king. He's my king. He's my coming king. Amen. Someone wrote these words, Once I was clothed in the rags of my sin, wretched and poor, lost and lonely within. But with wondrous compassion, the king of all kings, in pity and love, took me under his wing. Now I'm a child with a heavenly home. My heavenly father has made me his own. And I am cleansed by his blood, and I'm clothed in his love, and someday I'll sing with the angels above. Oh, yes, oh, yes, I'm a child of the king. His royal blood, so flows through my veins. And I who was wretched and poor now can sing, praise God, praise God, I'm a child of the king. I am a child of the king. I know who I am. You know who you are if you're saved. If you're not saved, you need to get saved. Don't put it off. Amen. Amen. All these blessings. Now, secondly, they not only knew who they were, these people are walking under the standard that was set up, but they knew where they were going. They knew where they are going. It said when they pitched by their standards, and so they set forward in verse 34, chapter 2 of Numbers. So they set forward, everyone after their families, according to the house of their fathers. I like that. You know, not everybody has a, a, a godly heritage. But in Jesus Christ, we do have. We have a godly heritage. I thank God for a father and mother that took me to church. They didn't just send me, they took me. And instilled in me the principle of, of going to the house of God. And when I got away from home, I continued to go. And it resulted in my salvation. Whoo! Glory. I got that from my pastor. Everyone thought he gets so happy. Nobody else in our church shouts <clears throat> because um, some of them went to Bob Jones University. <laughs> the, or, the Israelites had orders from God and they knew where they were going. 
And uh, we should know, as I mentioned, that we're going to heaven. Amen? We should know that. The only hope is, as already been mentioned tonight, is the fact that Jesus died for us, gave his blood for us, and rose again, and our claims for heaven rest on that and that alone. We depend on that alone. Salvation comes through dependency. People say, well, you're just weak. You need somebody to lean on. Praise God. We have somebody to lean on, and I'm glad to lean on Jesus Christ. Well, I couldn't lean on a better one. Not a better one. This is what uh, Dr. Billington said when he led me to Christ. He just pointed me to the Savior. He just showed me how Christ died for me. You know what? I could tell you almost everything he said. I've forgotten a lot of things uh, in the last 55 years, 56 years, something like that. I've forgotten a lot of things, but I remember the words. I remember what he talked about. I remember he talked about coming into the office and flipping the switch and believing that the light would come on. He said he'd never seen the people that ran the power plants that kept lights on the city of Akron, Ohio. But he said, when I come in that office and to flip that switch, in faith I believe the light's coming on. Now, sometimes in our part of the country it doesn't come on. And it went off for a week last summer in the hottest part of the summer. Bless the Lord, we weren't there. Somebody came by and hooked the generator up so we could not lose everything we had in the freezer and kind of watched over the place. But my brother said about that with some other problems he had running the camp with all that heat and being in the dark, he said, I got depressed. And I'd never heard him say that before. <laughs> but the Lord delivered us from that. Praise the Lord. You know, there are some places we need to go while we're going. And, of course, you know what what I'm speaking about in Psalm 122, verse 1, it says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Yes, we ought to, you're here tonight, but you ought to keep that up. People are dropping out of church. You you should be in in all the services, all the scheduled services. That's where you ought to be. If you all possibly can be, be faithful to the house of God. Yes, you ought to go soul winning. Every once in a while, you ought to talk to somebody about Christ. Amen. D.L. Moody made a principle or a practice in his life that talked to at least one person every day. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Psalm 126.6. Anybody know what a sheaf is? Uh... A few of you do. Should I, should I give you an agricultural <laughs> lesson here tonight? Back years ago, we used to cradle wheat. It was a scythe with a rack on it, wheat and rye and those kind of grains, not corn, but uh, oats and wheat and rye. And, and you would uh, take that cradle and cut into the grain. You'd have a swath. You'd go down through the field and you'd lay that back with the heads all pointing the same direction. That's what the rack was for, to keep it all straight. Then someone would come along and bind that grain up in bunches and take uh, a bunch of it, uh, several strands of it, and tie it around and tie it so that there was a bunch tied together. And if I'm not mistaken, there was either 12 or 14 in a shock. But how so many ever there might be, uh, 10 or 12 standing up, they'd break two sheaves over the top to protect it from the weather until the threshing machine came through. 
that's a sheath, that thing you bound up there. And it would bind, of course, around that shock to keep it together. You've probably seen that in drawings. You don't see that anymore because they have reapers and so on that uh, do the whole business right there in the field as they're passing through and they write a spout where the grain comes out and the bundles of uh, straw out another place. And, but that, you know, I think knowing about farming uh, helps you understand the Bible a little more. You know, God, it tells us in Isaiah, Isaiah, yes, I can't give you a chapter right now, but God taught men how to grow things, how to plant and so on, how to take care of it. That's what the Bible says. God gave him that wisdom. But uh, he says, you bring your sheaths with you. You go out to reap a harvest and you bind this grain up and you come back. Everybody still with me tonight? So, uh, to ask us to go soul winning is not too much to ask. I, I mentioned Miss Marge a while ago. She has quite a bit of difficulty getting around, but she faithfully comes to soul winning and visitation in our church every week. She comes. Comes to the morning prayer meeting and then goes out with some of the ladies to visit. So what excuse do we have? I know it's a little different here. You can't go down the street knocking on doors. I remember going to a place there in Kingwood, and it was a two-story green acres. It's a place where it's, I think, government housing maybe, but at least there's some real characters in there. And uh, our son-in-law that was here, Ted Mansour, was with me, and we were talking to the lady downstairs, and somebody dumped something out on him up above. Uh, you'd probably get worse than that here if you went door to door. I don't know. But there's plenty of people on the street. I mean, you can pass out tracks. You can talk to people wherever you are when you have an opportunity. We ought to go to those who are in need. Now, you can apply this to some dispensation if you want to, but Matthew 25 3440 says, Then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison and came to thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto the least of one of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. I'm saying that we need to go to people that are in need, uh, have opportunities. I've preached so many times in prison, jails, and, uh, and, and tried to reach out to people that are in need and tried to help people that are in need. And I haven't done enough. I realize that. But you can put this in a dispensational era if you want to and say that it only belongs to that. But I believe it, it can apply to this dispensation that we're in right now. Amen. And some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. But some people dispensationalize the Bible until we don't have but very little left. Thank you, Brother Marshall, for that bit of information. 
then you ought to have, listen, uh, they knew where they were going. And you ought to have some idea about what you're going to do the rest of your life. The Bible says in Daniel 12, 4, many are running to and fro. Many shall run to and fro. And that's what's happening in our age, isn't it? Many are running to and fro, and they don't know where they're headed. I've seen graduates of a Christian school get up and give a testimony at the, uh, at the service and, uh, and the celebration. Uh, here they've gone through four years of training and so on, and they have no concept of what they're going to do. I'm just going to walk off on the end of this uh, platform here and disappear into oblivion. <laughs> Don't spend the rest of your life looking for your remote control, right? You know, I, I wasn't, when I went away to school, I had uh, a goal in mind. I wasn't saved, but I had a goal in mind. I was going to do something in life. I told you about it last night. I was wanting to be a forest ranger. And I remember one time, a professor in class said, some of you think you know what you're going to do. He said, but I want to tell you this, before the year's up, some of you are going to be changing your major. Some of you are going to drop out of school. Some of you are going to crack up. <laughs> and in my mind, I said, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to be a forest ranger. By the end of the year, God had dealt with me, showed me I was lost, and I started seeking somebody to show me how to get saved. Amen. But I had a goal. I was going somewhere. I was doing something. And, you know, uh, maybe this, is, this advice is not needed as much right here in this area because... You're, you are educationally oriented, you know. You're not a big word for a hillbilly a mountaineer, but anyhow, or a phrase. But you, you, you know, it's, it's, you know you're going to, if you're going to be a, what's called a success, you're going to have to have some education. One girl said, I just, I just want to get married. Well, that's, that's all right, but make sure you marry the right one. <laughs> Amen. What I'm saying is, is, is do something. Get some goals. And you say, well, uh, I don't know whether I have the power or not. You know what God told Gideon? We're back to him again in chapter 6 of Judges when he said, uh, the Lord had forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of Midianites. And, uh, he said, and the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? You go in the might of God. You go in what might you have, but you go trusting his might. But go. Do something. I think about this. The man that laid our... Kevin Colbanks was his name. He, he laid the block for our basement and poured the floor... And he hated to see anybody come around that was not working. And my daughter Jessica went up there just to see how their project was going, and he wanted to put her to work. <laughs> then we have one, one of the girls that's with us. She just likes to stand around and watch sometimes and pretend like she doesn't know what's going on. And I tell her, get busy, do something. But if you're talking about spiritual things, make sure that God's guiding you. Seek his advice and his direction. And along with it, you might talk to your pastor about some things and see how he sees things. 
One last thing tonight. <laughs> I was looking at the clock. Okay. <laughs> Brother Pete said I could I could have gone longer last night, but I, I think about Brother Terry Donahue, who was uh, our pastor when I started out, and we started out on the road full-time out of Bronx, New York. Later on, he went on the road, and he ended up down in... Uh, Florida, and he's um, Winter Haven, Florida, and he was going to help churches in their bus ministry, and so the pastor, Brother Hodges, who's now in glory, gave him 17 minutes to tell what he could do to help in bus ministry, and he said, I watched my time, and I cut it just a little bit short. And the pastor came up to him afterwards and said, Now, you listen to what I said. Now, you can stay here for a month and help us in our bus ministry, and we'll help you. So I listened. That's the authority right now. So even though I'm his uh, father-in-law, he's my authority now. And listen, young people, you need to learn that. That's good advice and counsel. Well, the Spirit of God led me. No, the authority told you what to do. Amen, Brother Marshall. Let me ask you. Number three, they knew who they were. They knew where they were going. But they knew that others knew where they were going. Or who they were, rather. Others knew who they were. They, They had these banners. And they could see what tribe they belonged to. And what group they belonged to. So they knew who they were. Other people knew who they were. Do uh, people around you know who you are? I don't mean just your name or your personality, but do they know that you're a Christian? That you're saved? Or are you ashamed of it? 1 Peter 2.12 says, Having your conversation, which is manner of life, Honest among the Gentiles, and whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. When the Lord comes back, you'll be honored. Philippians 2, 14 and 16, 16. says, do all things without murmurings and disputings that you may be blameless and harmless as sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life that I, I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I may not run in vain or that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. You see what he's saying here? And it begins with saying without murmurings and disputings. You may be blameless and harmless. The sons of God or the daughters of God. I'm not going to change the word of God. but other places it says you shall be sons and daughters of, of God, the Father. We know that's in a generic sense. It means everybody. You may be blameless and harmless. The sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Don't we have that today? A wicked and perverse nation. Crooked, perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world holding forth the word of life 
He's talking to the whole crowd there. He's saying uh, that they should hold forth the word of life. Do we need, each one of us need to hold forth the word of life. That God, uh, the world can see that God is in us and not be ashamed of him. That doesn't mean we have to go in a, a restroom and get up against the wall and sing a hymn. That's what a guy said to me one time when he was in there, both of us in the restroom. He stopped on the throughway somewhere, I think it was, and he said, uh, which song would you like for me to sing? And which hymn? And I said, I, I don't think I'd like for you to sing any. I'm, I'm, I'm getting out of here. Just like that fellow that I mentioned, Brother Larry Clayton, while he was here, and we both know him, and in fact, I think Pastor Montour knows him, but uh, we were in Bible College down in Missouri, and when we'd been out one Sunday evening in a church someplace to minister, and we were driving back through, came through a small town, and there was a Barney Fife in there that chased us down. Uh, at the end of town, he caught us because my friend was speeding, he said, and took us down to the police station. And my friend started trying to witness to the, the chief of police. And I said to him, we need to get out of here. Uh, we've already lost our testimony, so let's just move on. <laughs> Amen. Well, I think that's right. If, if you've broken the law, I mean, don't go to preaching to the Unless you would say to him, now, I broke the law, now, but that wasn't the time. That wasn't, it just wasn't the time. He was ready to throw us in jail. And I've never been in jail, praise God, in my life, and I don't want to be. Well, there's some things probably I should have gone, but that's under the blood. Hallelujah. Brother uh, Smith, yeah, Earl, um, what's his name? Noel Smith that published the Baptist Bible Tribune was a professor in our college. He said if, uh, if the chief of police knew <clears throat> everything about everybody in the community, he said uh, Sunday school attendance would be down all over the place. And that's so true. Thank God for his mercy. Amen. I close with this. Um, I'll just say this. I don't like men re uh, men's retreats or retreats for men. Because um, I don't like all the noise. And usually there's somebody that wants to talk throughout the night or into the wee hours of the morning. And uh, I just don't care for them. Uh, it's all right if I have my own place away off someplace I can sleep and then come into the... But I was in one in Washington and... Uh, and there was a guy there. He was talking to the early hours of the morning and he just irritated me to no end I tried to get him to be still and he, they didn't get the message but later on I heard him give his testimony and it changed my mind about him he said that when he was in the service he had tried to witness to this man and the man said he didn't want to hear it so he said what I did I just made up my mind that I was going to try to live a life before him uh, without rebuke and try to be a testimony to him. And he said, for three years, I worked on that because I worked with him. 
And he said, I watched what I said and where I went and what I did and so on. And he said, after three years, when it was time for us to part and go to different outfits, he said, I went up to him and I said, now, I have tried to live a Christ-like life before you all these three years. And he said, I think that I've earned the right to be able to present you the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the man said, yes, you have lived a good example before me. And so you can tell me what you want to say about salvation. And he gave the man the gospel and told him how he could be saved, why he needed to be saved and so on. And then the man did not, he said he did not accept Christ that day. But at least he had left a testimony there. Now, now listen to this. When you live a testimony like that before people and when you live like God wants you to live so that others know who you are, know that you're a Christian, you know what that verse says we read there in Philippians? Paul said in verse 16, Holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. How many of you love Pastor Pete Montoro. How many of you? Lift your hand. How many of you love Pastor Pete Montoro? Would you like to see him give a good report in the day of Jesus Christ? You know how you can help him? By living the way he taught you from this book. That's how you can help him. That's how you can be a great blessing to him. Yes, you should live because of what Jesus Christ did, but that's that's what Paul said. He said, I don't want to give a, a bad report in that day, so... Live like you're supposed to. Get up out of the gutter and walk for the Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, we ask your blessing on these words tonight. We pray as we close that you'd speak to hearts and help us, Lord, to really take this seriously. To know who we are, to know where we're going, and to live so that other people know who we are and where we're going. We ask this in Jesus Christ and for his glory and no one else. Amen.